0: Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a joy to be able to be here with you. Brent, how are you doing? Oh, so good today, Stephen. How many cups of coffee have you had? Not enough. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've had any, which is pretty weird. Um, but this morning, uh, we have an opportunity to be joined by Haley Ellison and Bree Reeser. Guys, hey, thanks y'all. for being here. <laughs>
1: Hello.
0: Hello. Um, thank you all for, for joining us. Uh, this is like campus outreach episode 3 mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool so thanks for for being here and taking time to to share with us um we wanted to kind of just allow the church to get to know you a little bit and get to hear a bit of your story and so uh so Haley I'd love to just kind of start with you would you just share how you came to know Christ how you maybe jumped into ministry
2: yeah so um i grew up calling myself a Christian, but my relationship with the Lord was pretty surface level. I didn't know a ton about the gospel outside of Jesus died on the cross for my sins, um, but I had never really felt the weight of my sin. And so I went to Sam Houston for college and joined my sorority, 80 Pi along with Bree. Um, and I had a sorority sister of mine who um was a believer, and her life looked radically different than mine. Like she really knew the Lord, and she was giving her life away for the sake of the kingdom. Um, and so she began to share the good news of Jesus with me and um, began to talk about how I was <clears throat> separated from God because of my sin. um and there was nothing I could do to get right with him on my own. And so I desperately needed a savior. And after, Kind of dialoguing for a few weeks, um, I just came to a point where I was like, "Ah, I, I don't know a ton, but I understand the gospel, and I want to put Jesus on the throne of my life and make Him Lord of my life." Um, and Honey was just really faithful to continue to teach me how to read read the Bible and how to live amongst community, um, and she introduced me to the community of campus outreach. Um, where I really began to grow and learn and thrive, um, and also experience some, some suffering and um, some some sorrows. Um, but now it was it was um, through the lens of the gospel, and so I was able to rejoice in the person of Jesus, um, and rest in my identity in Christ, um, and and become really close friends with Bree because be, because we actually came to know the Lord around the same time mm-hmm. and so after walking with Jesus for for a few years the Lord just cultivated within me a heart for college students and so I decided to come on staff with campus outreach here at SFA and so that's how I got to Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh, so Brie, you and Haley obviously knew each other. Would you share a little bit about your story as well, and maybe yeah. how your church stories have kind of interacted with each other?
1: Yeah, um, kind of like Haley, uh, a little bit different. I grew up going to church every single Sunday. I went to Sunday schools and youth groups and Vacation Bible School, and because I could check all of those things off on a list, I claimed to be a Christian, mm-hmm. um, but The truth of it is, is that I was a stranger to the Lord. Um, I was, I knew of Jesus. I knew who he was, um, but I never truly understood um, just what the gospel of of Jesus was. Um, And so because of that, um, my life was unchanged by this good news that's supposed to change your life, you know? And so I was living a life where I was desperately seeking to be put up on a pedestal by like my friends, my family, my teachers, everyone. And um, my life was exhausting. I was constantly left empty. And um, my whole life, it was a pattern of that, of seeking glory from people and then just being disappointed and all these things. And by the time my sophomore year of college came around, um, I joined a sorority and 80 pie, um, boom, boom. That's what we say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But joined a sorority and a girl in my sorority invited me to do like a Bible study as long, like along with like going to campus outreach meetings. And I was like, sure, that's another thing I can do to check off a box on this Christian to do list. Right. And, um as I was going to these things, I was as I was meeting people, the Lord used um, the staff of Campus Outreach and students to just share the gospel with me, that I was born dead in, in my sin, I was an enemy to God, I um, was doing all of these good, quote-unquote, good things, but in reality, I was... Someone who was unclean um, and all of my righteous deeds were like filthy rags and there's no way I can work myself up to God or to save myself. Um, and they shared with me about Jesus, that he was perfect and lived a life I could never live and died the death that sinners deserved and um, defeated death, rose from the grave and is seated at God's right hand, um, reigning and... When I fully came to understand that, when God softened my hardened heart, and heart um, I, there was no other option um, than to repent of my sin. And uh, man believe that Jesus did those things and, and call him savior, my savior, but also Lord of my life. And um, just over the next three years of college, um, just walking with Haley, because um, we came to know the Lord around the same time, Um, being poured into by a woman who was married to a guy on staff with campus outreach. Um, I just learned what it looks like to um, die to myself and and take up my cross daily um, and follow Jesus. Um, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I battled taking myself off of that pedestal and putting Christ there. Um, And Just really cool that me and Haley got to do that together, Mm -hmm. learn the things together, Mm -hmm. literally knew each other before Christ, when we came to Christ, and getting to grow and walk um, with each other and push each other towards Christ, and um, just now be able to do the same thing and just be in these college girls' lives who are in the same boat as me Mm -hmm. and Haley, and just be able to share with them about Jesus um, is really sweet. Really sweet. Praise mm. God for that. Amen, sis. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's tremendous. You know, you both mentioned sufferings and sorrows and kind mm. of an awareness of these things. As we go to First Peter, uh, beginning that book this week, there is a challenge upon the local church. And so, as a, as a standard, if we are uh, as pastors, elders in the congregation, if we are uh, leading and equipping and feeding the church well, we part of that's a protective component. Right? The enemy roams around like a lion, seeking who can, can devour. Mm. Uh, but there's a protective element of equipping the church to suffer mm-hmm. and experience heartache and yet to be faithful and to long for holiness and to be faithful, uh, as were demonstrated uh, before an unbelieving world largely. Mm-hmm. So uh, a question I, would, I guess I would have in that way, you mentioned campus outreach has, uh, and, and being connected to so many different believers. Yeah. Uh, how has maybe the local church played a part uh, in your Suffering, or you're growing in ministry as you've entered into this season of vocational ministry.
1: Um, well, I would say there's so much beauty in surrounding yourself with a, with the body of Christ, um, especially because, especially with older people, right, who have experienced um, things in their life uh, where they learned from someone else, or Jesus showed them, like just revealed things to them and now they've walked with Jesus, walked with other people through all of this and they're able to share that wisdom with myself, um, which has been really cool. Mm. Um, just being able to meet up with women like Holly Chapman or even just anybody. Right. And just Mm -hmm. hear how they have suffered and, um, just how the Lord has brought them through that um, Mm. and what they've learned and helps me apply it to my life I think is just really cool and it's beautiful and um and yeah that's what I would say
2: yeah um I think it's scripture is clear that we are to do life on life aside one another Mm. um and that means like weeping with those who weep and bearing each other's burdens and just seeing how um the church has just sweetly come alongside us and um just loved on us and, and vice versa. Yeah. And similar to what Brie said, being able to meet with Stephen's wife, Megan, has been super sweet. Um, and just seeing, seeing her godly marriage and seeing how she raise, raises her children is, is really, really rich. Because um, growing up, I didn't get to see a godly marriage. I didn't get to mm. see um, you know, parents raising their children as disciples of Jesus Um, I, I never experienced that. Um, and so being able to see that within the church is super awesome, um, as well as just building those, those fun relationships, um, outside of, of, you know, one-on-one discipleship. It's like, man, getting to, you know, see, see people from our church who, who are raising children, um, you know, getting, getting to see people who, are just able to to have lunch with us, hang out with us, you know. Invite
1: us into their homes. Invite us
2: into their homes. That kind of thing. Breaking bread with un, with one another is, is mm-hmm. cool and, and the small group aspect of our church yeah. and and all of that has been has been really fun to be a part of. Um and I've I've really enjoyed it.
3: This Sunday we're able to <laughs> see a uh uh, a baptism, two baptisms that are going to be taking place. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of the uh, ladies who'll be b- being baptized. Uh, Fruit from the Earl's uh, ministry. We're excited to be able to see that and hear those testimonies as well. And this Sunday, there'll also be a, a unique mm-hmm. uh, opportunity because this is also parent child dedication. And in most places, Stephen, we don't call that those baby dedications. And we intentionally make it kind of awkwardly to say parent child dedication because. Uh, what we're saying is, parents uh, and as a church family, to those parents who are dedicating their children, is this parent saying, I want to train my child up in the way of the Lord. I want to throw gospel seeds on them the, their whole life. So I want to be faithful to these various commitments and training them up in the, the way of the local mm-hmm. church, of being, uh, being faithful to the call that God's given me for for the next 18 years, uh, at least while the child's at home, to do my best to steward them well. and uh, And so there's a commitment that the church makes in response to that, to say, we as committed members coming alongside you to encourage mm-hmm. you and as a source of accountability to and encouragement mm-hmm. uh, to, to walk out this commitment. So there's a lot of neat parallels as we're going to see uh, these two college ladies being baptized this Sunday. We'll also see parents dedicating their little children and dedicating themselves to train their children up to be exposed to the gospel message on a mm-hmm. consistent basis. <clears throat> and both of those, even though we think of baptism often as an individual component, because uh, you'll be baptizing... Uh, these these ladies and uh, and the rest of the congregation will be observing and being encouraged by that. Mm. But it's also almost like being a witness at a wedding. When you, mm-hmm. you go to a wedding, usually we just think of the uh, you know the cake is all I think of, quite honestly. <laughs> but the you know, the thing of the vows that are being made, and you think of the uh, those that are watching. Even though the parallels aren't perfect here, of course, mm-hmm. but those that are watching are supposed to be witnesses. They've been invited to be a witness to the vows so that they can hold them accountable as believers. That we're praying for them and mm-hmm. trying to steward them in godly wisdom to maintain right. those commitments to reflect Christ in the church. So baptism, that's why it's a local church ordinance. That the local body as witnesses, we're saying, I'm accountable to help these this these two young ladies grow in their faith. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm accountable to the Lord to be committed to to help hold them accountable to the confessions that they're making in that time.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm really
3: looking forward to this this unique way to start off our uh, you know, we'll have uh, parent-child dedication at nine o'clock and ten forty-five. But these two ladies will be baptized at ten forty-five. So to hear, uh, you know, their profession and then to see parents dedicate—it's going to be a really unique kind of multi-generational component this Sunday, yeah. Stephen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another unique uh, thing since we're starting a new sermon series—it's always our custom uh, as we approach a new book to be sure that we we read the entirety of of that. Uh, Book or or letter uh, together if we can. So like we did just did John, we read that in pieces as we went week by week. Uh, First Peter is uh, short enough that we're able to read the entire thing uh, Mm -hmm. in one service, and so we're going to be doing that um, in this service this weekend. So it's really, uh, really going to be a unique service, um, but yet consistent with the way that we structure our services consistently. So Mm -hmm. uh, really looking forward to to jumping into First Peter as we kind of talked about that um, over the past couple of weeks, it's been really interesting. There have been different portions of our church that have gone through that, whether it's a small group or uh, our student ministry mm-hmm. or, or whatever, there's been different portions of our church that have read and studied uh, First Peter. And uh, so I think it, the the ground is rich mm-hmm. for, uh, for what the Lord will do uh, in this time. So,
3: you know, there's a lot of... Uh... Opportunities. One of the things we want to ask you all is how can we as a church, of course, uh, you know, being faithful and giving and supporting your ministry, but how can we specifically be faithful and praying for uh, what you all are, are doing in, in your focus? So I know Campus Outreach, you all partner together, uh, six uh, campus missionaries mm-hmm. here uh, netted into the life of our local church uh, as members. But how can we be encouraging you and praying for you as you hit this kind of midway point of the semester?
2: Mm, that's a good question. I think seeing the culture, the spiritual climate of SFA's campus, we see a lot of those cultural Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and though a lot of people grew up, you know, maybe going to VBS and that sort of thing, when we look across SFA, it's really the valley of dry bones. Um, there's really a lot of students who who are dead in their sin um, and who need to hear the good news of Jesus. And so as we go into these sorority houses and fraternity houses and athletic teams and dorms um, and, and different different areas of campus, we're, we're really getting um, the really cool opportunity to um, just share about the proclamation of salvation um, and get to um invite students into our homes and, um, really give them, give them the, the truth that they so desperately need. Um, and it's, it's Jesus. And so if the church to just, could just come alongside us, um, and pray with us, um, for students to come from death to life and for students, um, for their hearts to be softened to this news, um, and, and for students to, um, not just be, be converts, but be raised up as disciples who are willing to labor for, for the gospel, um, and that they would be sent out into the world, um, sent out into their future jobs, their future marriages and families, and maybe even into different countries. Mm -hmm. Um, because our vision is a lot bigger than one campus or one city. It's, um, it's worldwide and that, yeah, Mm -hmm. the world, um, and (laughs) that, um, people all over the country and, um, different countries would be able to hear about Jesus because of students on SFA's campus.
1: Amen, sis. I couldn't have said it any better (laughs) myself. Um, I think, gosh, same thing what Haley said. Don't know if I can add much more, but Gosh, we just have a lot of students right now that are wrestling with the gospel, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. Yeah. Um, people understanding the weight of their sin for the first time, yeah. or just hearing that Jesus lived a perfect life, and mm-hmm. um, that and we physically can't in our mm-hmm. own human flesh, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. just really cool to see them wrestle with this stuff. We're going through um, every Wednesday. We are going through. Um, just misconceptions of Christianity, and just ha- getting being able to uh, talk with these students about common misconceptions mm-hmm. and just seeing their their hearts maybe um, become more softened, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, just hear them become more curious. I think has been really cool. So if y'all could come alongside of us and just mm-hmm. pray that the Lord would would soften their hearts and. Um, that these students would see their their weight of their sin and desperate need of a Savior yeah. and, and put Jesus on the throne of their lives mm-hmm. as Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, man, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, church, uh, we do want to uh, come alongside uh, them and, and and pray for them and care for them. Um, guys, thank you so much for, for being here and for being a part of our church body. Um, we do uh, want to pray for you guys, and so we're... We're thankful for what the Lord is doing. Um, Mm -hmm. He is alive and active and working. Um, And so we do want to pray to see continued fruit on our SFA campus and, Mm -hmm. of course, in the life of our church as well, as we press into one another, uh, push on towards Mm -hmm. Christ-likeness. And so, Brent, of course, we're praying for you as well as you're preparing and getting ready for the Mm -hmm. sermon series. Uh, Thankful for you, brother. And um, church, we'll see you on Sunday.
3: Can't wait.
1: Bye, y'all. See you Sunday.